Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. I'm your host, Doug Coleman, and I'm here today with the other co-host, Brennan McCullough. And 2020 just continues to get worse, Bren. I don't... It's like, I know it's a oh meme, God. but it's like, I just don't know how it just like continues to spiral out of control. We lost uh, an actor recently. I don't know if I want to start the show off on a complete downer. You uh, just did, though. I know, but that's what we're known for. But And that's the thing. <laughs> also, in a similar vein, uh, Elon Musk has like a fucking brain link thing. He's demoing on Ooh, pigs and shit. Like, I, mm. what year is it? And how is any of this possible? Uh, how are you, it's- Bren? <laughs> it's crazy because I just saw a thing of a, it's like deep brain stimulation that is like a therapy treatment for uh, people with Parkinson's, and it's I, I definitely don't know the science behind it. I can't elaborate on anything like that, but it was definitely like a guy had like a little cartridge, electronic cartridge, like he would like strap to his chest and be wired to the back of his head, and it, you know he's eating cereal and literally like a switch, he's shaking eating cereal, can barely do it, turns on the device. And his hand's stable, and he's able to do it fine. Yes, like, I've it seen was that. Mind blowing, and it's just like I, I'm fully in support of stuff like this, and it's you know it's the way like medical breakthroughs go with technology and stuff, and it's helping people with these uh, disabilities or conditions and stuff, and it's great. I do not trust Elon Musk with this shit. Not at all. Like the man, I don't know. I just the man's I, unhinged as fuck for sure. But also, it just also seems like a slippery slope of all of a sudden. We're all going to be brain chipped and like have like fucking Facebook feeding through our eyes and shit. Like, I don't want any of that. It's I just with any new technology, there's so many ways stuff can go wrong. So I'm just like, yeah, I'm not going to be the first on the first wave of any new biotech. Give me like the fifth wave when you worked out the kinks. Like, I'll get a shitty iPod Nano first gen. I still do. It somehow runs. I don't know how. Oh, wow. That is impressive. I used to have a Zune. I wish I still had it. God, there might be people listening to this younger than my iPod Nano. That's horrifying. Oh, please. Please (laughs) don't listen to us about people who find your entertainment. (laughs) But, like, anything that's, like, a medical, like, breakthrough, just like, God. Like, I love Full Metal Alchemist. It's one of my favorite shows of all time. And, you know, the main character's got a big uh, auto-mail, like, um, mechanical arm. And, like, part of me is, like... Once we get to a technological standpoint where that's actually feasible to have a robotic arm that, like, integrated into your body, I'm like, you know someone's going to just cut their arm off just to get a robot hand. Oh, god damn it. Like, you sure. don't, they don't need it. They're just going to do it because they're insane and cut their hands off. The world will just become, uh, oh my god, I'm blanking, Human Revolution. What's that game called? Oh, uh, Deus Ex. Uh, Deus Ex, yes. yeah. That, where you get the cyborg or uh, cybernetic, like, upgrades and stuff. But that's the thing. I think... Elon Musk is using this as like a veil to be like, oh yeah, I'm using this to help people with uh, disabilities and stuff. But then at the end of the day, he's like, I'm actually trying to upload my consciousness to a computer so I can live forever. Mwahaha. Like, that's the thing. Elon Musk started off like, at least in the public eye, as far as the general public knows, was very like eccentric of like, ooh, he's like a millionaire billionaire, but he's like kind of whimsical and he jokes around. And now that we've been, had him around for long enough, it's like, this dude's quite possibly literally insane like he's very unhinged and just like he's got crazy ambitious but he also drives his company into the you know grinds him into the dirt to get there and it's just like i don't fucking trust this guy with anything nope not at all so yeah that's where we're at with 2020 uh do we want to talk about chadwick boseman that was just horrendous for everyone to wake up to as of this recording this happened like hours ago so this just came out yes yeah, Chadwick Boseman died of stage four colon cancer. He's been battling for the last four years. So it's such, 
a depressing Ooh. thing because he was such a, a blossoming actor. Like his career was so promising. Uh, not, his appearance in Black Panther was great. Not even like blossoming. He was like at the top of his game. That's I Jackie guess that's a better. Yeah, he played Jackie Robinson. He played James Brown. Yeah, he's Black Panther. Like he was doing great. He was at the top of his game. At least you know at career at that point. For sure. And it was only going up further. And yeah, that's just, what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, that's fucking sucks. And there's always there's all these videos coming out of him going to like children's hospitals and doing stuff with like St. Jude and all these charities and uh different like political rallies and stuff. It's like he was doing great stuff, you know, on camera and off camera. Like, yeah, he seemed like a great guy and it's uh fucking awful. Yeah, it really is. He will be sorely missed, so uh just wanted to pay our respects to him and uh it just sucks. Okay, now how do I transition from that? That's the thing. Okay, that's, we're trying that's to make you're you, the host. I know that we try to make people smile here, even though we just made you super sad and reflective. Uh, but this is a video game podcast for anybody new. Uh, we are going to just talk about the games we've been talking about. Lightweight conversation. Uh, the games I've been playing are going to be super upbeat. I'll tell oh you. no, that's true. Although, <laughs> maybe I'll start this episode off. Usually, we always go with you first. I think that's the thing. It's been a very busy week for Twitch. And uh, I guess that's just for me specifically. I've been watching a lot more lately and there's been some cool events. So earlier in the week, uh, Yusong was just doing his regular gaming and I'm pretty sure it was Super Mario 64 speed run. And he was like, okay guys, this is the final one run of the night. And I'm like staying up way late for bed being like, I want to see if he can pull this off. And as that's happening, he gets raided from the go off Kings with like 200 some viewers. And he like shot up a lot of viewers and it was insane. And he's like, okay, it's not the actual last run of the night. And he eventually just got like a shitload of subscribers as a result of it. Like one of the chat members gift subbed like 30 people because he set like a sub goal of like, if we get 30 subs, I'll do like another stream on Friday where it's like a drunk uh, Twitch sing stream. And someone <laughs> instantly just completed that yeah, sub goal. And I was blown away by it. I'm sure you song was as well. And that's the thing. I tuned into the Twitch uh, stream on Friday. And yeah, Twitch sings is just basically karaoke to a bunch of like pre-made songs in this game. And mm-hmm. it was very fun watching him drink a bottle of soja and just get completely wasted. Like that's the thing. It's 13% alcohol in one mm-hmm. bottle. And he is essentially a lightweight. So he was... Feeling it's like, pretty good. It's like a beer bottle, right? It's not like a yes, liquor bottle. Okay. Exactly. But it was funny seeing him towards the end of that bottle. He's drinking it like it's a wine bottle. I'm like, poor you song. <laughs> He's wasted. And he was singing songs and it was a total blast. So that was really cool to tune in for. I recommend people check that out. Oh, and I also just, uh, before starting this call, was checking out Jules the Human stream, and he got his first Fall Guys crown on stream, and it was so glorious. I was very happy for him, and I'm like, I hope I can do that someday. God damn it. (laughs) You made it look so easy. But uh, there's like a new outfit in the store, uh, the horsey outfit. So you, I, I originally saw someone with it and was like, oh, it's a donkey. But no, it's just like a derpy horse. And he he got that outfit before he won the match. So everyone in his chat stream is basically like, oh, it's the horse that's lucky. So I'm, <laughs> I need to get that horsey outfit. We'll see. Well, speaking of uh, both Fall Guys and Twitch, I saw there was recently a Twitch Rivals, which is like a big competitive. Uh, they pick it's ran by Twitch, and then they pick a game, and then they just run it run it amongst, like, a lot of very popular streamers. Um, so it's a competitive game, whichever they choose, and they chose Fall Guys recently, uh, yesterday, actually, as of this recording. Nice. And, yeah, so they just had, a, like, I think it was, like, 20 teams of four people, like, of popular streamers, all playing Fall Guys together, and 
uh, getting different points based on how far they get. So, like, if you fall out around one, zero. If you fall out around two, it's like two points. And it, round three is like four points. And round five, you know, it goes on. If you get a crown, it's like ten extra points for how far you make it. Uh, okay. So, it was a Twitch Rivals where they're all competing. They're all in their own games, but then the scoreboard was against each other. Okay. So they would keep track of that. And um, it was interesting to see, but even watching it, Twitch Rivals uh, is also, the winners also get money from Twitch. Like, they get a payout of, you know, a certain amount of money. Um, so it's a big organized thing. And it is fun to watch. But Fall Guys, I, I believe I've said this before, I think is inherently not competitive or it can't be competitive. Uh, I agree because, with that full heartedly, well, but then I see people with like 200 crowns and I'm like, okay, those motherfuckers well, know what no. they're doing. Like people can get competitive about literally anything. You can get p- competitive with your spouse about putting away the dishes. Like you can get competitive <laughs> about literally anything. Um, but I don't think it's a very competitive. It can be a very clear competitive game or at least not professionally because there's too much RNG involved and because the game itself is too unstable, both with the net code and with hackers it's oh both yeah, console and PC. So it's too unpredictable to really be in a competitive scene of any real degree. So immediately, that makes I, sense. Watching it, watching the team I was watching, they would start around and then they would see two guys just float into the air and then fly towards the end of the map. And it's like, all right, we yep. gotta re- we gotta restart our round because we got clearly hackers in this and we can't win against them. It's so, so frustrating, and I'm curious, is that, like, exclusive to PC, uh, the people playing on Steam? Or I'm pretty sure I even saw hackers in the PS4 uh, games, yeah. and it's just like, how and why? You're ruining the fun of such a simple game, like, let everyone just play this without hacks, and I feel like the developers need to, I'm, I'm positive they're aware of it, but it's like, they need to no, find patches to make sure that that is not going to ruin people's experience. I mean, even with the PC, they had the names and HTML, and it was, like, unlocked or whatever. I don't know, coding. But, it, like, people were able to easily get into the naming system and fuck with it. That's why everyone's Fall Guide number, blah, 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 on right. PC. So, like, I guess they clearly weren't expecting people to dig this deep into a silly game about jelly bean men falling around. Um, but, yeah, there's hackers on both console and PC. That's always been the case. But I think PC is just more accessible because it's easier right. to get into code. But I remember back in Assassin's Creed Brotherhood days, there was people hacking that when they figured out how to jailbreak a PS3, and that ruined the comp- that ruined the multiplayer for Brotherhood, which I fucking loved. I was pretty good at it, and then uh, people started hacking into it and breaking the game entirely. So uh, very frustrating. But it, I mean, it's cool to see Fall Guys is still go- having momentum it has. Um, but yeah, now that there's more and more hackers every day and it's just getting more unbalanced and people are like, well, this game's fucked and, you know, uh, kind of frustrating. And yeah, I, I wouldn't want to be in a competitive scene of that of any degree where I have to, you you have to try and win because like, oh, you got fucked over by the seesaw level because a bunch of people couldn't figure out how physics work. Right, or even in like an instance where you're on a team, or I, team I've games, it, yeah. Where like even people go into a match with other people in their party, and then they'll see like, oh, we lost uh, Joey or something, and then the other people just drop out of the match. That could literally in a team match fuck over the other team so bad that it'll be like, oh, there's six people versus like two now or something. Yeah, it's like oh man. I was watching a friend of mine stream uh, the other night, uh, Moon Princess on Twitch, Jackie. Um, she's great. Uh, but she was playing Fall Guys, and yeah, it was the the football one where it's two teams playing soccer or football. <laughs> Watching too many European streamers, um, the soccer one where they're playing uh, soccer against uh, two teams, and it was uh, six people in each team. And then 
uh, her team got scored on like three times, and then four of her team members just quit the game. Yes. So then it was two v six, and it's like, of course they're gonna lose. Like, and it's that's what I mean. There's too much orange. There's too much randomness, uncontrollable randomness, and then it's too unstable. Anytime there's a tail game where you have to steal a tail, the ping or the lag between players is too unstable that it gets really messy. And that's what I think means the game. That's what I mean by the game can't be competitive. Like how Overwatch. Overwatch is never meant to be a competitive game from the development. And they said that early on in development when it came out. And now it is competitive. And people are complaining how it's unbalanced and broken. And anytime there's a new patch. And granted, that's every fighting game. That's any competitive shooter or whatever. But people are like, ah, it doesn't work. Like, there's so many problems with it. Yes, it wasn't meant to be competitive. And then Blizzard saw the money in the competitive market and then are trying to make it competitive. So it's right. like, if you want a competitive game, you got to have to know that from the ground up from the very beginning, because that's some like very ingrained source code shit that has to be in the very beginning of the game. For sure. I do see streamers capitalizing off of the hype, though. In fact, there was a stream on last Friday with Octopimp, Dex Bonus, Jesse Cox, and somebody else. I'm forgetting the oh, fourth that's- one. That's the Twitch Rivals I was talking about. Uh, that, okay, yeah. Stripping is the that was one. Yes, exactly. That was really cool seeing them all play together on a team and stuff. I, I thought that was really cool. But the, watching them, they pointed out, people were doing the math on like the scoring, where it's like, oh, you fall out around two, you get two points. You fall out around three, you get four points. Um, they had the problem where they kept going to round four instead of round five. Because so right. many people would fall out early that they would do the final round earlier than everyone else normally would. And because of that, they got less points because they only made it to round four. And then there was like an inc- there's a built-in rule where it's like, oh, if your game finishes early at round four, you get five points. But if you go to round like five, every player that, on your team that gets to round five gets six points automatically. So it's like, even if you won at round four and you got the crown, you still would get less points than if you had two people get to round five on your team. So huh. like, that's what I mean by the ruling system, both. Fall Guys itself as a game can't be like that competitive because it's so unpredictable and unstable. But then the ruling system they had built around Twitch Rivals was not very well thought out, and it was easy to cheat the game. So like one of the rounds, one of the members on their team, Strippin, uh, he got a crown, but they didn't move anywhere in the point ranking because everyone else above them had more players get to further in the stage rather than one person winning a crown so like it was the point system was very unbalanced and it didn't really work yeah that's strange as hell i'll be honest yeah so it like that's what i mean by it can't be really competitive because it's it wasn't meant to be so the any rule structure you build around it's going to be shaky to begin with and then once it's implemented like eh, it's not really working out that well it's important to note that we're also in season one of the game, and that's one thing I overheard on Jules's recent stream. He said something to the effect of, oh, they're saying season two is going to be free, and I was thinking, it better be? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I already I, bought the game. Yeah, exactly. Like, if I own this game, why would they, in future seasons, be like, oh, it's going to cost you $5 to play this game again? It would be like, hell no, I'm I, I'm out at that point. So, yeah, well, that that's like might be a new model they're going to try, though. To be fair, a lot of people have. Got, I mean, I think you got it free for for sure PS for Plus. PS. 
Exactly. Which so. to me, though, it's like if it's anything like Rocket League, they're on season. Who knows at this point? But like you would just continually get updates. They would uh, give you like rewarded little perks to be like, thanks for sticking with us. I just can't imagine Fall Guys being like, oh, by the way, we have all these new games, new updates and stuff, but it costs you more money. Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised at this point and just what we've seen in the gaming market with how companies are charging games and some of the insane shit they're doing. Um, but with the microtransactions of Fall Guys, it seems like, because it, it's already got the built-in currency, it's already got the two-layer currencies of paying with kudos and paying with crowns. Yep. Um, so I think just the different seasons is going to be just different stuff you can buy in the store and right. un- unlock and stuff. So I, I think it's going to be the same game, but it's just going to be different rewards going through. And, you know, maybe they'll come out with new games with each season yeah, or something. Yeah, that's what I'm anticipating for sure. But it's it's like a pay-to-win game. It's like a phone game. They got the whales. They got the people who are buying you know stuff with their credit card already. That's what's keeping the game afloat. Oh, so for sure. I guess they don't have to charge people you know per season or to buy the game itself. Yeah. So, yeah, Fall Guys still hot as ever. In fact, that's something I'm going to be streaming later today, so you'll have missed that, listener, because this is on Saturday. But that's the thing. Check out our VODs. Uh, I've been playing a lot of different games lately. In fact, that's what I'm supposed to be talking about, the games (laughs) I've been playing, but I ended up going down a rabbit hole of what Twitch streams I've been watching. I feel like I'm Isabel at the beginning of... uh Animal Crossing News Horizon. <laughs> oh, um, I saw this funny comedian. It's exactly. like, great, Isabel. <laughs> this is the fifth time I've seen it today. Let's wrap it up. But before I go into the games I've been playing, I have two more. All right. Kame House Party was streaming Quiplash <laughs> 2. Uh, it was really fun. Uh, th- that's a game by Jackbox Games, if I'm not mistaken. It's just like yep. a little party game, and they had uh, some guests on. That was really cool. I definitely yeah. recommend their Twitch stream. And then last but not least, I know we mentioned on the last episode, we're now part of Gnarly Nation, uh, Gnarly Nate's Twitch team. Uh, he, I was hanging out in his stream recently. He's streaming New World, which is a new MMO that's coming out next year. And, uh, certain people have access to the beta. In fact, I got the email today. I did not expect us to ever get this beta, guys, but uh, I might be streaming some of that later too. Hopefully my PC can handle it. Anyway, <laughs> this game looks really cool. It's like kind of like a setting of like, uh, the times of shipping or sailing from the United Kingdom to America, but, on the uh, way the to there, world. there's like a new, yeah, there's like an island in between there that like no one ever discovered. I don't know. It's all just supposed to be like that kind of style and feel and time setting. Uh, looks really fun. That's the thing. I'd never found an MMO that I went like, this is for me, but I'm going to try it with this one and see if it clicks. Uh, it looks really good. I'm pretty sure this is the one by like Amazon Gaming or something. So this yeah. is their big like, uh, flagship MMO and I think uh, this <laughs> right now is the testing time and period of like stress the servers see if people can really play this game in the capacity we want them to and so far it looks pretty good that's one thing I want to point out about the game is it has like a streamlined in chat like chat system where like as you're walking by if you talk into your microphone people can hear you and i think that's kind of cool but also going to be insane to manage because like literally already in just like people doing the beta one guy's running around playing music another guy's just like fucking screaming obscenities it's just like this is gonna be absurd to control but then there's other people like leaning into it being like oi chop and like i don't know doing their whole like (laughs) accent i'm sorry what was that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Trying to be English. <laughs> oh, dog. Oh, dog. I'm not a voice actor. You know actor. that's not right. No, is that Australian? Who knows? But that's the thing. <laughs> it's from New World and some weirdo that I heard trying to sound like that. Well, I mean, it, it sounds like they have, um, uh, like, 
distance on the voice, so it's like it's you know there's a certain range of how far the voices will carry. Correct. And there's got to be settings for that because that can't just be default of like everyone's voice chats are always open because that would be literal hell nightmarish. Yeah, no, like, that, that would not work at all. That's the first thing I turn off on any online like Overwatch. I turned off that voice comm chat immediately because it is just unnecessary garbage to hear anyone else talk. Oh, for sure. Because it's always the people with the worst mics or who are blaring music through it or whose dog is screaming in the background that are kids. Like, it's always the worst people who have it on constantly. Yeah, no, for sure. I I thought, though, it was fun. At one point, uh, Gnarly Nate's running around and he has, like, this voice changer and there's this this one person, uh, he did the voice changer where he was like, oh, I'm talking like this. And then all these people were freaking out, like, which one of you said that? And they're like, (laughs) we have to cleanse the demon. And and he was, like, basically, like, talking in the demon voice and be like, yeah, I don't know who it is, guys. And it was, like, really (laughs) funny. So, like, yeah, his stream was a lot of fun. And one reason I bring it up was uh, he does this thing, or I'm not, I'm sure it's not just, like, he does this. It's probably popular but it's like marbles the game that you can integrate with like yeah your twitch chat and if you do like uh exclamation point play you enter and it basically is like i don't know like those marble games in the mall or like yeah you just like it'll just roll down uh a, a very long path to get to a destination. Whoever gets there first wins. And I just entered, uh, this wasn't for a giveaway or anything. It was just for fun. And I ended up winning. And during the moment, like I won, like he's like saw our logo and he's like, Holy shit, look at that. And he gave us a really nice <laughs> shout out being like, Oh, by the way, they're broadcasters and stuff. And we did get a follow from it. So that was hey, really nice. cool. Just wanted to shout out gnarly Nate. Definitely check out his stream. It's gnarly underscore Nate on Twitch. But yeah, those are the things I've been watching as far as what I've been playing. Uh, <laughs> Super Mario 64, I finally hit a sub 30 on stream. It was glorious. Nice. Uh, Bren was there. There was a couple people hanging out in chat. It was a very fun time. Uh, and I also am playing Diablo 3 again of all games. And that's, I have a little thing about that. Why play I, new games when you can play 10-year-old well, games? I never beat it. And I was thinking to myself, <laughs> I was a huge fan of Diablo 2 growing up. I remember talking shit on Diablo 3. Now that I have it on Switch and I'm playing it, I'm like, I don't know what I was talking shit for. This game's great. I just want to beat it and see what it's all about. I had a character that was like level 28. And I was just like, you know what? I'm going to start fresh. And in doing so, it gave me the option of like, do you want to start a seasonal character? And I was like, what's that all about? I've never really done that. So let's try that out. And in doing so, like I, I fresh new game, there's like these new things though, where it's like, it's throwing snowballs at me and like these like weird, like just like environmental things that happen that are in all reality are just very annoying. So I ended up streaming my seasonal character off air, deleting it, being like, I just want to play the normal ass game. And then uh, got up to where I left off in the stream in a normal uh, version of the game, and now if I continue streaming it, I'll just use that. Because, yeah, the seasonal shit was just strange to me. Uh, okay. Uh, I mean, I do remember back when Diablo 3 came out, it being... Either there being a lot of complaints about it, or there being a lot of problems with it. So I don't know if it was just initial blowback of, like, this is different, and I hate different things. Like, right. I hate Sheen. Or if it was actually very buggy and, like, non-functioning at launch. But I do remember there was a very big collective of people complaining about it. Well, I remember my experience with the demo on PS3. It feels like it's not even the same game that I'm playing now or that or the camera was so much more zoomed in. And I was like, what is going on here? It it just felt strange. And I remember just being like immediately like this is not the Diablo I know and love. Yeah, it it technically is now. So it's kind of weird. I mean, you always got to give, you know, a window of like uh, learning curve and, you know, getting used to new stuff because... Yeah, that's what innovation is. It's going to be different than what you're used to. But, I mean, 
that's the problem with all these remakes and reboots and sequels of stuff 30 years after the original came out of like it's people wanting it to be the same but also being different and new and shiny but not too new or shiny because then it's different from what it used to be and just like you can't you can't have both ways like stuff's always going to keep changing and for christ's sake stop rebooting stuff with the same title 20 years after the yeah i hate that too it it bothers me so much because then it just becomes tomb raider 2019 or tomb raider 2020 whenever the year it came out because there's no way of differentiating it between tomb raider and tomb raider yeah that shit rubs me the wrong way too but that's basically what i've been playing just really focusing on the twitch stream a lot too so definitely come hang out and chat i'm i'll uh plug that towards the end Ah, nice uh yeah i've (laughs) tried to stream a few times and it's just so late most of the country's asleep by the time so i'm just like ah, you know what i don't need need to fucking skew our numbers anymore (laughs) it's all good man (laughs) i'm not streaming for no one in the void at 3 a.m we're so close to affiliate. Once we hit affiliate, I feel like we'll be in business. Yeah, we'll see. Um, but yeah, uh, as for me, the games I've been playing have not been cheerful ones. <laughs> uh oh. Well, that's in theme well, with this episode. No. <laughs> yeah. I'll say I was playing uh, Risk of Rain 2 a little uh, a little bit uh, over the week, playing with uh, Chiz, who's in our streams enough. Hell um, yeah. But yeah, so it's good to have someone I can play with, Risk of Rain 2 with, but it's not just some random. Because with the random matchmaker, I've seen a lot of people join your lobby, go in because it's you know it's easier with more people, so there's a lot more people doing multiplayer than solo queuing. Um, but they'll set it to the hardest difficulty. They'll put on all these artifacts that are additional challenges onto the game mode. They'll run in, immediately die, and then quit the game. And then that difficulty is still set to that number of players. Oh, you're right. So it's like I don't want to. It's the same with like Monster Hunter. It's like I don't want to play with random assholes who are going to make the game super hard and then quit the second they die. Because in Risk of Rain Two, it's it's uh, different stages, different rounds. So if you die, you can come back in the next stage. You just have less items than everyone else. Right. So you can come back, but it's people who die and then immediately quit and just ruin the game for everyone else. So like I hate, I hate playing with random people in it because that happens so often. Or it's people from like all over the world and the ping is so terrible that like it the lag it lags out and it's not playable it's people from the fall guys community as soon as they die they're like i'm out i'm out i'm done which with fall guys i kind of get if you're solo yeah. queuing and there's no one else like yeah why would you stick around and right. watch but like with earth screen too it's like you can come back at the next stage we can burn through this stage now and get you back real quick but they i'll quit. tell you why you watch brandon so you could see someone get the crown because i never will <laughs> oh well, it's simple to get good Oh, just God be better. Stop being bad. I'm just I'm watching people like Jules get crowns, and I'm just taking notes furiously. <laughs> I mean, there's definitely tricks to it. There's definitely like ways, to like you know, on the fall mountain, you stick to the left side, and you're able to get through all the obstacles. Like, there's definitely tricks to it. But yeah, a lot of it's just RNG bullshit. So <laughs> hopefully, yeah. you don't get the tail game. Oh, I hate that one. It's so bad. Uh, but yeah, Risk of Rain Tales playing, uh, which is, and it's just better having someone to cooperate with and being able to communicate with. Of like, oh, we can split up. Here's this. Here's that. Don't get that. Definitely don't get that. Uh, and there's, you know, secrets we were finding and stuff because there's so many secrets in that game. Like, I'm still finding stuff. And um, the artifacts are cool because you get just random items from, like, buying. Uh, you kill enemies and you get money. With that money, you unlock chests or you buy different stuff from, like, stores. Um, and with some artifacts, one of them I really enjoy is uh, instead of buying items from like or unlocking chests with money and getting them, uh, items are dropped by killing enemies. 
So it really changes how the whole game is done because right. like, now you're not about gathering money because money's effectively useless now. You just kill as many as you can and it encourages you to farm more in that level to kill as many enemies and get more items. But then the longer you stay in that level, the harder it's going to get. So like Chiz is someone who plays where he wants to speed through and get through the boss as quick as possible so it's not that hard. Whereas I take my time and I try and gather as much as I can and accept that the end boss is going to just be one hit kill almost right always. so it's interesting to see like how our game play, uh, gameplay styles change depending on person to person and then just with little artifact changes or just different level changes um it it changes like how the whole game is played another artifact is instead of random items you get uh where you just you get a random item and you're stuck with it and you might have a garbage build you might have a great build it's you know rng it's random chance um one artifact is the artifact of command, which allows you to decide which item you get every time. So oh, that's nice. good. But when you pick the item, um, you have to go through a menu and choose which one you want. That's time you're standing still looking at a menu when enemies can just dogpile you. Oh, yeah. So it's, so it's like, ooh, you kind of got to be quick with that. So it's like, I want this, I want this, I want this. And like, it, it, that also changes the gameplay because now you're like, I need to do a specific build and I have to know what every item does. As opposed to just random items and being like, well, I got what I got and running with it. Right. So it's, it's like, I'm still really enjoying the game. I beat the final boss, the new boss, and I got all the unlockable characters. Um, they have different ability loadouts that you can unlock, but I'm not, some, some of the requirements to unlock an ability is really tough. Right. Um, so I got, I got pretty much everything I'm happy with, with the game. So like, in my opinion, I'm effectively done with this game, but I'll still play because it's, it's just a fun roguelike, but I've, yeah. I've unlocked everything I want. Um, one downside, or I guess one downside, uh, one hurdle is uh, you can get different uh, skins for the characters. So every character has an alternate skin, but to mm-hmm. get it, to get it, you have to beat. There's two ways to beat the game, and you have to beat both. Either one of those ways on the hardest difficulty. Oh God! And it get like it gets hard <laughs> real quick. Um, so the downside of playing multiplayer is everyone's trying to get those alternate skins so everyone sets it to the hardest difficulty ah that's that's when they go in die immediately restart and like do it over again and it's just frustrating as hell yeah that i could see that getting under my skin but it's it's a real fun game and it's real it's and it's like fall guys anyone that takes it too seriously is out of their mind because it's a roguelike uh in a true sense of like you play, you die, you learn, you play again, you learn a little more, you die, you start, like, you're gonna die. You're yeah, gonna play, it's... you're gonna have a thousand runs of a, of this game, and you're gonna have to learn a little bit new every time. It's, it's not gonna be a perfect run every time, and anyone who's that competitive cannot play this game. That makes sense. Yeah. So, it's, that's why I enjoy playing with people I actually know, versus randos who take it way too serious, and... Uh, yeah, even playing with Chiz, he's like, oh, this is a good item for you. This is a good build. Like, he he knows the meta. He knows, like, what was updated in the patch notes recently. I, I don't pay attention to that. I was like, hey, this one's fun. I like this bear. I got a little stuffed <laughs> bear. That's a good item. Yeah, that's probably how I'd play. Yeah, so it, it is fun, um, but it is good knowing what all the items do. But, yeah, I'm not going to meta build and being like, you know, this is the pristine build for the engineer class. I, that's too much effort. I'm not I'm not thinking this much for a game. Fair enough. Uh, what else? I've been getting back into Tabletop Simulator, playing that more with some friends. Nice. And that one th- that one has like a whole variety of games you can play, right? So it's effectively um, tabletop games. So there's a basic like 20 games or so, like cards, checkers, uh, you know, 
a jigsaw puzzle you can just upload an image of whatever and make it into a jigsaw puzzle and stuff oh that's cool so there's like basic 20 games that are like you know kind of the public domain sort of games like everyone can play them and then the real benefit to tabletop simulator is the workshop and the mods so the community for it's just insane and huge and any mod you get with it you can download for free from the workshop and steam and the mod people make are insane so you can run a full Dungeons and Dragons game through tabletop sim. There's miniature figures. There's whole towns people built and stuff. Um, different tokens, and then with the mods, people are making other games. So like Betrayal on Hill House, uh, Red Dragon Inn, Settlers of Catan, Corcasan. Uh, 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 I forget how you pronounce that one. Um, how about uh, Sorry? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's in there. I, I That'd be nice. I have to double check. Um, it, but there's so many games people made themselves, right? And are made for free mods. And the mods are simply you just go to the workshop, you hit a button, and you downloaded it. Um, One Night Ultimate Werewolf, uh, Gloomhaven, which is a very a very elaborate looking game that seems very intimidating. I haven't I haven't tried that one yet. Um, but yeah, so you can just get a bunch of like free tabletop board games to play online with friends and it's very good in this particular setting where we can't meet in person oh for sure it's also good if like oh i want to try gloomhaven but i don't want to spend 75 dollars on a board game with a bunch of miniatures i'm going to lose and my dog's gonna eat or something and it's like oh there's a good way to try it out to see if it's you know good and then there is paid dlc so like uh red dragon Inn i think is a paid dlc and then um like munchkins is a very fun board game but there's a lit- litigation reason where it's like they don't want they don't want a digital version out there, so you can't get Munchkins. Oh, on jeez! I thought it was going to be like a Dunkin' Donuts kind of deal. <laughs> no, Munchkins is like a very simplified uh, dungeon crawl sort of game. Um, it's very fun, but you can't play it on tabletop, unfortunately, because okay. of yeah. you know, leg- legal reasons. Um, they I, they made a Munchkins video game that seemed cool and apparently sucks, which is very unfortunate. Aww. But that might be why they uh, were. Uh, banning tabletop games from making it, um, but yeah, t- a tabletop sim is fantastic. I know, pl- I know a lot of people that have Steam just because of tabletop sim. They don't have any other games on Steam. They just use it for tabletop sim uh, because it's it's just very good and it's super versatile. Know, yeah, very versatile. It's like twenty bucks full price. It goes sale constantly. Like it was on sale last week for like half price. So it's it's really good to get now, especially because. If you can't visit other people or if you want to play, you know, board games with your friend across the country, it's very good to get. So I'm playing a few of that. Uh, nice. And yeah, the other game I've been playing is Spiritfarer. Oh, yeah. Yes. This game looks amazing. I'm seeing a lot of people talking about it. Uh, how far are you? I beat it because oh, I'm shit. obsessed. Yeah, I figured that'd be the case. It was about like 26 hours and like... There's probably a good like two or three hours of me that probably could have been cut out of me just goofing around. Um, so yeah, it's not the longest game under thirty hours easily. Uh, but yeah, Spirit Fair is about you helping people pass on after they die and guiding their spirits onto the afterlife. So not the cheeriest topic <laughs> to talk about. Um, but yeah, it I've realized it's kind of given me peace of mind through this hellish week we've been going to i mean yeah talked about 2020's garbage already but this week in particular has been pretty fucking bad and um it's it's very cathartic it's very calm it's very peaceful and it's just beautiful 
and it's the game summarizes of like it's falling in love with an NPC character that then gets taken away from you. Like that's Ouch. the whole game, and it's just like this sucks, but I lo- I appreciate it. Yeah. So uh, at least for me, I grew definitely more attached to the earlier NPC characters. Um, so your Stella Spiritfarer, your guiding spirits on with your little cat Daffodil. And uh, the first uh, spirit you find is this deer woman named Gwen, who turns out to be a childhood friend of yours. And you help her kind of confront some of her past, you know, problems with the family, problems with her dad in particular, and learning to cope with the life that she had. And, you know, you get more of her backstory the more you interact with her. And as the story progresses, at a certain point, she's like, yeah, I think I'm ready. I I think I'm ready to move on. Take me, you know, take me to the door and we can pass through it. And it's, right. oh, it's gut-wrenching. Yeah. Um, and then you got a big frog fellow. We talked about it. Sad Uncle Frog. Yeah. Um, you got a little hedgehog lady who's just clearly like a grandma. And uh, hers was, I won't spoil it, hers was particularly rough. And I think anyone who's had uh, certain issues, like very realistic scenarios. And uh, I think with her... A lot of people are going to... Like, it's beautiful. It's very cathartic. It's a good, like... I didn't cry playing it, but it's because I'm jaded and emotionally dead inside. Um, But I feel like the Hedgehog Alice is, in particular, going to just be gut-wrenching for a lot of people. Um, And it's just... It's interesting to see how they tell different stories of people's lives, how different these people are, and their different ways of kind of addressing their, like, they're all dying. It's you. The game takes place in like essentially a spirit world, so it's not like Earth, and you're not you know sailing around you know North America or Europe or something. So they're all kind of aware of like, oh, this is a strange new land, and I'm a spirit, and I'm I'm going to die. I'm going to pass on eventually. And it's it's very interesting to see all these very unique and differently, but well defined viewpoints on how they're coping with death and how they're addressing it. Damn, and it's really like really gut-wrenching at times and it's like sometimes it's like like i said i got more attached to the earlier npcs than i did the later ones okay um because you can kind of the game's pretty linear there's there's not like multiple paths you can go on but um i got like the final quest or the final mission while i still had three people on my boat so like i could have finished the game with three other storylines still open and not fin- wrap theirs up so sometimes i'd spent Sometimes I played faster than the game was expecting me to. Where I was like, oh, now you have to like use this many items to unlock the next area. It's like, I don't have that. And then I wouldn't get that item for four hours. But I got that quest for it so early, it wasn't prepared for it. Right. So you can kind of outpace the game at times with gameplay, depending on how fast you binge through it. I see. And, and it's not perfect. It's not cl- super clear at times. They're like, oh, you need silk. I was like, well, how the fuck do I get silk? Turns out you have to plant a mulberry tree uh, and then uh, harvest the mulberries from that and turn that into silk. But it turns out uh, in the trees, you plant them in an orchard you build on your boat. But turns out trees never die. So with other other plants in the garden, you plant them, you harvest them, and then you plant new ones. In orchards, the trees never die. So you just have to build three orchards and have a different kind of tree in each plotted area. But that's never really explained very well. Right. So it took me a long time to figure out how to get silk, and that really like hindered me for a bit. So, oh man, 
All this conversation's uh, sending me down two tangents. Uh, in the vein of this year sucking and crying a lot with this game and stuff, uh, I saw mm-hmm. Justin McElroy tweet out, In a year of shocking occurrences, perhaps none have surprised me more than the new Bill and Ted movie made me cry. And I'm like, oh man, I want to see that. Apparently everyone's talking <laughs> such good out, things yeah. about it. Yeah, and he's saying, I cannot believe how much I enjoyed that movie. Here's the thing, I've only seen the second movie, so I feel like oh. I should probably revisit all of them and just be like, let's lead up to number three but uh yeah even without seeing the first movie i still enjoyed number two very much so that's i mean i can understand that not seeing the first one it's surprising that because the first one's definitely held in a much higher regard than the second one i believe that oh i can imagine well that's the thing i gotta get around to checking that one out but then as far as you saying like oh i didn't know exactly how to make silk I remember a while back, Kami House was playing a game called Astroneer, and I was like, what is oh, this yeah. game about? It's actually from like 2016 or something, so it's nothing mm-hmm. new. But I was watching this uh, YouTube video. Hold on, let me make sure I plug it right. Uh, let's game it out. And this guy was basically setting off so much dynamite in the game Astroneer uh, that it broke the game. It, it was pretty funny. <laughs> but no, the reason I bring up Astroneer is that's another one of those where it's like, it doesn't give you much of an explanation. You just have to explore and like basically combine all these elements and stuff to get the object or the resource you're trying to get so like i think he was like oh i need aluminum but in order to make aluminum i need this shit and then it's just like a whole like fetch quest slash do i have the equipment like the furnace necessary in order to smelt this or whatever the mm-hmm. fuck the case was but it, i do recommend the video by that channel i set off so much dynamite it ended reality in astronaut <laughs> because it was it was a very enjoyable video and it just shows the capability of how goofy you can be with such a fun setting yeah, I feel like I've talked about this with a game, another game recently, but I forget. It's it's tough when you have a game where it's like, oh, play it at your own pace, or like let the player un- discover stuff. Like the main uh, gameplay mechanic of a game is discovering it on your own terms. Yes, that's fun and great when it's done well, but it's also difficult to control because it's um um. Outer Wilds. I, I that's exactly what came to mind. I was like, what is it, Brad? Uh, you got yeah. it. Outer Wilds. Um, same thing. It's great when you discover it. And it's like, wow, this is unique. This is cool. Like, this is such a crazy trip. But if someone interprets that information wrong and doesn't get there at the right point, you can be hung up on something for a long time and not even realize it. So, for like, sure, I needed an item called Fire Glow at the point in the story I was at. There's only one place to get it. And no one really told me, like, hey, go here to get Fire Glow. It was just like, here's a new area on the map. And... I got swept up in a bunch of other side quests, and by the time I actually looked at it, I was like, oh, that's that same area as these other areas. It probably gets me the same thing. Like, I didn't realize that was a different area than the other ones I've done before. So I was looking for it for a long time before I looked it up online, and it's like, oh, I should have gone to this spot, like, you know, five hours ago. Right, and that makes me think of a recent game I was playing, DBZ Kakara. I like how they do it because there's plenty of fetch quests in that game. Everyone's familiar with that. But there's certain ones, like, hyper-specific. But if you go to the world map and, like, list, like, an area, I'm almost positive there's, like, a little area or, like, a little list to the side of the screen that's like, these are the resources findable here. And it's like, thank God I have at least something to reference. Yeah, and um, Spearfire does that. You can hover over on the map uh, areas and it'll list you everything that's there. Stuff that you haven't found is going to be question marks, but it's like rare chest here, spirits here, raspberries here, like maple uh, logs here. Right. So it tells you the resources. But if you haven't been there yet or if you haven't discovered it yet, it doesn't tell you what it is. That makes sense. 
So, like, some of the resources you gather through, like, many events, and I haven't done that many event yet, so it didn't tell me anything about it, and none of the NPC characters told me anything about this one specific one. So it just took me a long time until I figured out what it was. So, it's still good, like, there's no pressure of, like, you gotta get it by this time or someone dies. Like, there was no, there's no pressure, there's no timed missions or side quests, so it was very chill. Um, there's plenty of characters who are like, oh, get this one character, you know, five types of crystals, uh, to finish this quest. And then they passed, they passed on before I could finish that quest. There was no penalty. There's no, you know, I didn't lose anything for not finishing that quest in time. Like it's very calm. It's, it's a very low stress game. Nice. So, um, it's very therapeutic. Cause it just, even though it was about a, like macabre subject matter of like people dying and passing on stuff, it just, it's a very calm and peaceful game. And it, the individual stories were enough to keep me coming back to it um a little problem with that is they kind of you do different stuff for them different quests and that'll unlock more of their backstory and sometimes it's at a good pace like some of the early npcs because they're with me for so long and then others uh say one character giovanni is this like big black lion um i'm like this guy's just kind of sucks i don't like him and he's kind of sleazy and like that's what his character is and then out of nowhere, he unloads his backstory on me, like, right before he leaves. I was like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. he's a complicated character. But I didn't get any of that until right before he leaves. Huh. So I'm like, I don't know if I missed out on more backstory or if that's all I got. And it's kind of left it, you know, cliffhangering, like, teasing you of, like, oh, don't you wish you knew more about it? Yeah. Um, but it's, I, I can't recommend this game enough. It's so good. And it's, um, after I beat it. After I beat it and looked it up, I found out more about the story that I don't think was the clearest in it. Um, so you find out more about the main character, but that's not super well expressed in the game. Or it could be interpreted wrong through the game. Uh, but it tells you a lot outside of it, so I don't know if you have to look that up on your own or if that is somewhere in the game and I just missed it. Okay. But after beating it, you find out that uh, most of the NPCs that are on your ship, not all of them, but most of the NPCs that you help pass on to the other side are actually based on real people in the developer's lives. Oh, God. Lives. That's so fucked. <laughs> so, like, there's two characters that are uh, married, Giovanni and uh, another character um, that uh, I talked about, and you find out, like, oh, that's based off the sound engineer's paternal grandparents from Italy, and you find out all of this stuff about them, and it's just like, oh, Jesus, or you find out, like, oh, yeah, the Gwen is based off the lead developer's sister or something, and it's just like... Well, that's how you oh. get that, that sensation of this is too real, and it's like, it's it, because it's coming from a place of realness. Real like place. Exactly. I feel like... It, and that's maybe what the developers were going for, like maybe not trying to have like the most recent like, oh, this is about like my grandfather, but even just like ancestors and their stories. Like now that story is not going untold anymore. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, I will spoil this. So if you don't. You know, oh, no spoil. problem here. A listener, skip ahead. <laughs> yeah, I'll, sp I'll spoil one character. It's a late stage character, but it's not a deep one. But yeah, skip ahead like two minutes if you don't want any spoiler for it. Um. Uh, but yeah, one character you get is called Buck, and he's like this weird lizard parrot creature, and he's obsessed with D&D, &D, and I felt like that was a big call out to me, and I felt hurt by that. Oh, <laughs> I no. Don't, I don't like being called out in video games like that. Um, but he's just obsessed with D&D, &D, and you do his quest. Um, and yeah, you find out later, or I found out later after looking it up, it's one of the developer, uh, one of the people that worked on it. It was um, one of their sister's friends who died when he was 18. 
So um, he died when he was young, but he was like obsessed with D and D. And you find out that his character doesn't pass on. You finish oh, the game, damn. and he's the last one on your ship, and he's like, "Hey, I'm not, I'm not passing on here. Like, I, I think I already did, or I don't know if I have, or I don't know if I can, but I'm, I'm still gonna be here." So he'll tell you like, "Do everything else." I keep giving you side quests and stuff. He's like, but I'm I'm the last one. I'm going to stay here even after you go. So it's just like. What? So it, like a purgatory deal? Kind of. Like it's it's hard to. It, it's right. not super clear. But like, yeah, like you help all these people pass on and kind of move on and you know, go into the afterlife and stuff. And he's like, I'm going to stay here. I don't know why. I don't know what to do. I can't change anything. And it definitely seemed like just kind of a. They had an idea for this character, but it doesn't seem like this heartfelt, like, big emotional scene where he's like, you know, I'm tormented. It just seems very casual when he said, like, yeah, I'm going to stick around. But when he <laughs> said that, and, like, when I was wrapping up the game, and he was still the last one on the ship, I was like, oh, fuck. Like, I felt really bad. Yeah, just overwhelming sense of loneliness and just yeah. sadness. Because at the end, you see everyone else. You see, like, a little spirits of them appear and, sh- like, you know, of all the other characters you've interacted with. And then he's the one that's still there, like, physically and just like oh so like it it caught me off guard emotionally in ways i wasn't expecting um but yeah like i said i i cannot recommend this game enough it's it's like under 30 hours it's like i think 30 dollars at full price on steam and it's on switch as well and it's it's a very simple game i for a keyboard i use the movement keys wasd and then i think e and spacebar so like six keys total okay so like it's very simple like like this is a game I would say could be for anyone, old, young, avid gamer, new, casual gamer who's never played before. Like this is a very open game for everyone, and it's very emotional. It's it's telling a story more than anything. So, um, if someone's like, "Oh, I'm not good at you know quick time events," or "I'm not good with quick reflexes," like you don't need those for this. Um, there's a bunch of item gathering that you could be like a hundred hundred percent completionist for. So some of the fishing stuff can be a real pain in the ass. Um, but that has no way on the story. That just gets you different outfits and stuff. So you okay. if you don't want to do it, like the tuna is a pain in the ass to catch. But if you don't want to catch it, you don't have to. Um, and yeah, just the art style is really charming. And seeing all the different animal creatures is fun. Yeah, it's I, I can't recommend this game enough. But it's it will make you sad. That's what I mean. It'll hit a deep emotional core that you have repressed and forgot about for a long time. I think I'm going to pass. I might watch your VOD and uh, call it at that. But that's the thing. What's uh, appealing to me is the calmness. I feel like I need more calm games in my life. I don't like ending a stream completely sweaty handed and being like, I can't believe I just pulled off a speed run. I need to play something like fucking Peggle where it's like literally no stakes at all. Let's just get some points or something. Yeah, after playing Risk of Rain, like, my computer's go, but it still gets pretty hot playing Risk of Rain, and then it's been, like, over 95 degrees for the last, like, three weeks here in LA, so, like, yeah, after playing Risk of Rain for a bit, I'll be sweating in my chair, yeah. so, yeah, having something before bed, just, like, super calm, and just growing tomatoes, and just talking to a big panda creature for a while, like, it just it was very good to, like, wind down. Hell yeah, I gotta get into oobleths, I'm thinking, we'll see. Yeah, that's still an early access, but yeah, that's the one to keep an eye on. For sure. Um, But that's probably going to do it for our gaming discussion. Let's maybe wrap this episode up, maybe do some show topics quick. Anything going on in the news lately? One I saw that you posted, I have to shout out this episode, is the fact that they're making a live-action Powerpuff Girls. And 
they are talk about live action just like monstrosities like i love the power <laughs> puff girls and i feel like it's hard to even say that growing up as a boy i was like am i allowed to it, like this like they I, are awesome i understand that and i i had the same way where it's like you know at you know when we we're younger like 10 or whatever like yeah can we talk like because it's girls <laughs> in the title you know right? they're and I mean, they're the Powerpuff Girls, like, I think they're kindergarten, so, like, they're very young girls, and it's like, is it a girly show or something? It's like, nah, fucking Powerpuff Girls slaps hard. Powerpuff Girls sure, fucking dude. rocks. Yeah, they really do. And that's what I mean. In theory, being a fan, I'm like, yes, I'm excited, but why in fuck's name would you go live action with it? Well, that's just so <sighs> unnecessary. Are their eyeballs going to be the size of dinner plates? Like, what is going to I they've, don't know. They've done a Powerpuff Girls reboot uh, within recent years. That was not good. That was very, but that was still animated. But it was that's an- sad to hear, though, because I would think the animated reboot might do well in the modern times. No, I suppose not. They tried to be like Mimi and tried to put like very topical memes in there. Uh, and then one of the, I think, it was one of the lead animators or someone who worked on it was very into Blossom, like way too into Blossom. Like it was very unsettling. Um, so there was a lot of problems with the reboot, and then they didn't even get the original voice actresses back. Like they didn't even tell them about it. Like oh, was, come this on. was like a stealth reboot that they didn't tell anyone of the original production about. So it's like that, that's rough. That's just shitty. Like you should at least acknowledge it, right? Um, but yeah, like I get if you're trying to go with a different group of people, but at least like offer or tell them. But yeah, it's um, but yeah, this it's definitely it's once again one of those shows where it was made to be a cartoon. They never envisioned anyone to be realistic uh the power of girls are all very round very round features they don't have fingers or toes it's just nope. nubs it's round uh professor utonium is square as shit yes. he's so flat square like it wouldn't make sense to see them as humans but now it, they're trying to do like a cw riverdale-esque live action i it's in the works by the cw actually so yeah they're trying to do like the riverdale they've done they're trying to make it Uh, live action gritty like i think they even said in the article they're trying to be young adults who are resenting losing their childhood to crime fighting and are now having to deal with like being adults with a lost youth and it's like who wants that yeah that's not i tune into the powerpuff girls for them to be little girls (laughs) fighting crime (laughs) i want to see the episode where they get turned into dogs and then mojo jojo gets turned into a dog and then they bite his ass like yes or like the weird unsettlingness of him where like, oh, the, hell the yeah. alternate reality where him takes over the world. It's like, yo, this is fucked. Or Fuzzy Lumpkins, who's just a weird, big, fuzzy hillbilly. Like, it's silly. It's fun. That's what the Power of Girls are. Not everything needs a Frank Miller ask about the Dark Knight Re- reboot. reboot. Like, yes. For fuck's sake. Uh, yeah, so that actually, uh, that just took all the steam out of that one. Because I was like, I like Powerpuff Girls. Don't want this. It, it like it, it's stuff like this where it's like how can so many bad things exist like so many people work on like shows and movies and so many people have to say yes to get to this point and like get it in production and release it's like someone had to stop it at this point and be like this is a bad idea and we shouldn't keep going through with it and then when it fails they inevitably blame some other factor to it like oh this is why we don't do like cartoons anymore because when we do a live action reboot of it it fails it's like no just don't do the live action reboot of like exactly it's i could go on uh you know, five <laughs> five episodes long rant about this because it's Love so it. infuriating but it they is. just they use it as an excuse to justify hey this is why we don't do new things it's like no your new thing sucked ass and should have never been made to begin with for um, sure speaking of that 
uh, because it's a lot of, not a lot of game news this week, but a lot of like shows and movie news. Yeah, sure. Uh, they're making a Resident Evil live action series uh, by Netflix. Just fuck off already. I, mean, <laughs> I don't like, I, I like Resident Evil. I hated the movies. Like those movies suck ass. Like they're not anything, I, to me, I don't even think it feels canon at all. It's just like a fucking shit show. And then, I, I don't know. I feel like the games and movies are separate. I think they're both Resident yes. Evil, but it's a very, like, separate universe, it, like, it, tellings. Um, but the movies do have a cult following. Like, like, they do got a dedicated following. I'm not going to, like, I'm not saying it's good. Me. I'm not saying yeah. it's good. But they do have a loyal cult following to them. I guess, and that's the, my only complaint, is I feel like had they done the movies, like, sticking to the story of the games, I would have been so much more in. But, like, I guess that's where they were like, let's try something different. And here I am being, like, an old curmudgeon being like, that's not what I wanted. <laughs> I can understand them trying to tell different stories because, like, you can't tell a 45-hour game story in a two-hour movie. Right. Uh, so I can't understand if they have to change stuff to rework it. But I, yeah, when they just derail so far entirely, where it's yeah, like, and just have is, lasers chopping people up and shit, I'm yeah. like, that never fucking happened. <laughs> it's like this is weird, even for Resident Evil standards. But it's I don't know, Resident Evil's got a bigger following. I, I'm not the biggest Resident Evil fan, but it's it's definitely got a very dedicated following. So maybe people will love this. Maybe they'll hate it. Who knows? There was like a CGI Resident Evil movie too, and I feel like Recently, that's probably yeah. yeah, that's probably more in line with what I'd be into. So I'm. I, I'll give this live action series a chance, but I'm already going into it with a sour face. <laughs> already with a chip on your shoulder. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not surprised they're doing this, but it's definitely like, eh, we're tired of zombie monster. No, I mean, not monster stuff, but we're tired of the same old zombie bullshit. And Resident Evil is always very loosely zombies. Like, it starts off zombies very quickly, turns into just body horror monsters. Yeah. But, I don't know. Their stories are always just so insane to me. It's like, eh, why the hell not? Yeah, I just find Umbrella Corporation and that whole, like, the the origin of it all very interesting and fun. I remember there was, like, a book series, and I remember reading them oh, and being yeah, like, yeah. these are actually good. Yeah. Well, <laughs> these are surprisingly good for being Resident Evil. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, God, just Chris Redfield turning more and more to a fridge with every iteration of Resident Evil. Like, you see him in, like, what was it, two? He's a guy. You see him in five? He's a literal truck of a man. Yeah, and then, like in the new one, they tease him in the next one. And it's like the the body is just so insane, but who knows? Maybe that's tied into Umbrella. Maybe he's infected with something. We don't know yet. It's, it's like, who knows? Who knows? Um, tying into that with other uh, news, uh, it's not. We don't know if it's live action. Maybe this might be good news though. This might be a shining hope. Olivia Wilde's uh, set to direct a new movie for Marvel. Uh, and people are speculating. Sony tweeted it out. Some people are speculating that it's involved with Sony. And when she retweeted it, she retweeted it with the spider emoji. So people oh, are people are spreading rumors out like, oh, maybe this is involved with the Spider Verse. Oh, maybe it's Spider Woman. Right. Um, so th- th- not a lot of news about it besides just speculation. They, yeah. yeah, a lot of speculation. They confirmed that she's directing it. She just did uh, Booksmart, which I still haven't seen, but it's supposed to be fantastic. Like it's supposed to be an incredible movie. So. She killed it with her directorial debut. So, hey, who knows? She might be the perfect one to get. Damn. Um, but if it is Spider-Woman, if it is, like, Jessica Drew and not, like, Spider-Gwen, I'm all on board with Spider-Woman. Like, I'm, we've been in, in, inundated with Gwen, uh, Gwen uh, Stacy stuff lately. So, I'm like, I would love anything not Gwen Stacy right now for a bit. Uh, for sure. Spider-Woman. And if it's tied to Spider-Verse, fuck me. I'm on board with it. I've seen Spider-Verse, like, ten times. I'm <laughs> on board with anything Spider-Verse related. 
Uh, so that might be some good news. Bad news? The X-Men movie New Mutants finally came out. And, uh, oh boy. If if you thought a movie that got shelved for five years was going to be good, I don't know what to tell you. You're already oh, no. delusional. That, well, what's wrong with it? A lot of stuff, apparently. Oh, no. Um, I, I haven't seen it, but just seeing the reviews, people are like, this, it just seems all over the place and they have no real solid concept of what they want to focus on. So it's like they spread themselves too thin and do everything kind of weakly instead of focusing on one thing and sticking to it. Um, and with New Mutants, it definitely had like a horror element to it, which I thought was a cool idea for superhero stuff that isn't just superhero stuff. Like it's a different genre, but with mutants in it. And they were trying to do the Demon Bear Saga. The New Mutants was a very impactful, big, prominent story in the New Mutant comics. And apparently they just did a real half-assed job with that. Um, so it's very disappointing to hear that. And, you know, it was, you know, they made it. Then they wanted to change stuff. Then it got shelved for two years. And then they tried re- uh, remaking it or, you know, reworking it again. Then it got shelved for, like, another few years. And then it finally got released. So, like... They clearly weren't happy with it to begin with. Like the, right. the stu- studio or someone wanted to rework it anyway. So, but then none of those changes were implemented, and it just just got released just to try and scrape any money off the can of it. <laughs> um, That's sad. And apparently, John Hamm was supposed to be Mister Sinister, but that got scrapped, which is sad because he would be a great Mister Sinister. Oh yeah, damn. Um, but missed um, opportunity. More than anything, uh, from what I've seen, is both uh, the co-creator of the New Mutants comics. Uh, none of his opinions were really taken into consideration when they were making the movie. That's shitty. And they also misspelled his name in the credits. What? <laughs> so that's just bad. Like, that's just laziness. Like, you can't excuse that, that in any regard. No. Holy shit, that's insane. But then there's both um, uh, prominent uh, characters of uh, people of color in the comic. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Danny, uh, Danny Moonstar who is a uh, native American and she's the main protagonist of the demon bear saga. They're saying she gets almost no character development whatsoever in the store in the movie, despite the whole story being about her effectively. Yeah, what? And then, uh, which is very unfortunate. Um, Cecilia Reyes is like a doctor who later becomes a prominent, I think villain, I think in the comics. And, um, uh, she's someone of Latina descent and her and Robert DaCosta, who is sunspot in the new mutants, um, who's Brazilian and he's very dark skinned Brazilian. Uh, both got very whitewashed and are very white in the movies and that's bad and it's always been happening not always been happening but it's been happening in the comics sometimes the characters being whitewashed uh, with lighter and lighter skin to the point where they are just a different race and ethnicity entirely which is bad and a really racist move Uh, but the director even said on the record he's like i don't care about the racism i don't care about you know he's from brazil or if he's white light skin or dark skin all i want to know is i wanted an actor who looked like a rich snotty kid with a rich dad and it's like all right but by you saying that you're acknowledging the racism so it's it's like like, hey mr director fuck you yeah for real that's shitty as all hell no that's real disappointing to hear so it's it's failing in many ways way to go It's failing on multiple fronts, and it's disappointing because it did have um, a good cast, and I was excited to see a new twist on X-Men because I love X-Men, and I want the movies to be good again, but it's I'm not holding my breath anytime soon. Um, but, like, God, that like especially hearing the, just the director say, like, I don't care about the racism shit. It's like, man, go fuck yourself. Yeah, that's unreal. That's all X-Men's about. Anyone who says X-Men has never been political 
or uh, standing up about social injustices is not reading X-Men. Is yeah, a who put that idiot. dude in charge? That's kind of wild. So I'm just like so disappointed by that. And I'm just like, oh, god damn it. So I, I had high hopes for it. And I, I not even that high of hopes. I had some hopes for it. Some, yep. And just hearing that from the director is so upsetting. Wandered. Yeah. yeah. Um, Oof. What else? One one last thing. Um, actual game news. All right. <laughs> <laughs> actual game news. Um, Gotham Knights got announced at Gamescon. Uh, like you said, the E3. It's not all ha- like there's just random games being announced throughout the year, so it's not yep. one time. Uh, but Gotham Knights got announced, and it, I don't know if it's by Rock uh, Rockstar Productions who did uh, the Arkham Knights and Arkham Asylum, and um, what was the other one? What was the other one? Knights, Asylum, and... There's fuck. Origins, but that wasn't by Rockst- uh, right. Rockstar. Um, City? I forget. Yeah, that's fuck. it. Yeah, Arkham City. Um, so it, it doesn't seem like it's by Rockstar, as far as I can tell. But it seems like it's in by uh, Warner Brother Productions. So it seems like it's the same engine and the same like models and stuff, and very similar. But it seems like it's a different pro- development studio, so I'm not sure how different. Like, Arkham Origins was a different studio as well, so it might be more akin to that than Arkham Asylum. Okay. Um, but it's telling the story of uh, Gotham without Batman. It starts off with a trailer of, like, Batman saying, like, if you're watching this video, I died. Gotham's in your hands now. And it's uh, Nightwing, Batgirl, uh, Robin, who's Tim Drake, and Red Hood, who's Jason Todd. So it looks like it's up to four characters. I don't know if there's multiplayer. I don't know if it's just single player playing as multiple characters. Uh, but definitely is incorporating a lot of the Arkham games, like combat and mechanics and stuff like that. Uh, seems cool. I didn't like Arkham Knights, so or Arkham Origins, so I didn't like Arkham Knight either. Um, so I'm not. I'm gonna hold off on this. This isn't gonna get a pre-order for me right away. Uh, right. Wait to see on this one. Um, but the big thing is they tease at the very end of the trailer the Court of Owls, which is a very big co- storyline in Batman uh, comics. Where it's just like secret society and stuff, and is uh, they definitely made it more of a horror twist at the end of it with the Court of Owls being like real creepy and like Bioshock esque. So I'll be interested to see what they do with that, and you know, seeing definitely. that seeing that storyline portrayed in a game. So uh, I'll keep my eye on it because I'm a Batman fan, but I'm not going to hold off with the money. Yeah, that's fair enough. Good thing to at least shout that out for our listeners, put it on yeah. their radar. Yeah. Um, that's going to do it for this episode, though. Let's wrap this one up and do some plugs. Uh, Bren, oh god, I almost said listeners. Where can we find you? <laughs> Bren, where can we find you on the internet? Listeners, where can we find you? Please tell us. We yes, need we to will know. dox you on the next episode. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I'm on Twitter at ABTS Brendan. It's mostly me retweeting a lot of the podcasts I'm on, including this one and Are We There Yet, which is an anime podcast where we watch uh, three episodes of an anime or a movie and recap it and give our opinions on it. Uh, recently, we watched. Bakuno, which I had fun with, but holy hell, if you could piece together any storyline after those first three episodes, I applaud you, because I couldn't. Is that the card one? No, that's ba- no, Bakugan. Bakugan is like a toy one. Then there's Bakuno. Yeah, I could be completely forgetting there's which like, one I'm talking about. Bakugan is like a Yu-Gi-Oh spinoff of like just selling toys and shit. Right. Bakuno, or Bakuman, is one about manga. It's like a manga series about a manga being created. Okay. Uh, and the stress involved that. And then Baku No is like, <laughs> I watched it all already, like years ago. So 
uh, is about um, it's the same creator as Durarara. So it's about a lot of different characters with a lot of their own storylines going on that are all tied in and out of each other, kind of like Pulp Fiction. And it's primarily about uh, gangsters in 1930s, like Chicago. And okay, tr- this is and what I was picturing, and I don't know why I thought of cards for some reason. Maybe there's I, – I just don't know. But I've only seen the first episode of this anime, and I was like, this is <laughs> not for me. It's complicated as shit. Yes. Um, but it, it's it's just a lot of characters with all of their own stories going on that all tie in together. I enjoyed it. It probably takes two or three viewings to fully understand what the story is. So like, oh, I I'm can not, imagine. I'm not going to defend it. If it's not for you – uh, understandable. <laughs> yep, moving on from that one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, definitely go check out that podcast. And listener, we've been talking about our Twitch stream the whole episode and a lot lately. Uh, Twitch.tv slash ABT Silence. In fact, we're findable at all the places at ABT Silence on social media and stuff. But yeah, my schedule right now is tentatively Mondays and Tuesdays and Saturdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I did a surprise Friday stream. So that's what I mean. There's other streams happening throughout the week every now and then, all depending. But those are the ones you can look forward to um and yeah i also run a record label it's missedoutrecords.com in fact our yeah two-year anniversary is tomorrow as of the time of your listening it to this nice. so there'll be some cool stuff on our website missedoutrecords.com uh, as far as deals and other things get a t-shirt for super cheap like five dollars or something uh Ooh. if you're a smaller or medium because i'm sold out of the other sizes um <laughs> But that's the thing. Uh, that's going to do it for this week. We will be back next week with some more video gaming. See you guys. See you.